All right, welcome in. Uh, today I have Ashley Rogers with me. Uh, I'm excited to have Ashley here. Um, she is women's coaching specialist, mom, um, nutrition coach. Uh, her company's called Level Up Strength. Uh, her her thing is Muscle Mommy or Mommy Muscle Muscle Mommies. Uh, muscle Mommies, yes. Muscle Mommies. Okay. <laughs> um, strong as a mother, right? Like just a badass yeah. mom, quite, quite honestly, um, who, uh, has three kids and, and, uh, just really excited to have Ash come on here and, and, um, share a lot about her perspective, which I think is, um, refreshing and, and somewhat unique from the perspective of, of moms and motherhood and, and, um, being strong and in, in the face of a lot of the things that, um, this generation we grew up with hearing and 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 kind of combating that um so i want to start there actually uh but first of all thanks for coming on and 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 taking the time yeah thanks for having me for sure so i one of the things that i i remember it was one of the first things that i saw uh not maybe one of the first things i saw but one of the things that i, I remember i was looking back through and um, you did a testimonial with with one of your clients and and she said something along the lines of um my kids always grew up thinking that work out to be small and mm -hmm. my kids aren't going to see that mommy works out to be strong. So it's my favorite testimonial from Sam. Yeah. So good. If I'm going to like, I'm going to, like, yeah, it. I'll, I'll link that video in the, in yeah. the description. Cause it's, it's, it's about as good a summer. I was like, this is the best testimonial I might've ever seen from a mom who probably grew <laughs> yeah. up with this. Um, and yeah. it's a testimonial to you and, and to the work that you do. Um, and also very Molly Galbraith, uh, who runs girls got strong. Like that's her big thing. Her, yes. Um, and who's fantastic. And, and I've met Molly and she's, she's sensational. She like one of the best, but who is about Amy actually, who was just on here. Uh, one of the posts that I've had that's, that's gone off is based on a, a quote from Molly, which is 85% um, of women avoid doing things that they really want to do because they don't feel beautiful enough to do it. Yeah. Um, and so Molly's fantastic. But this idea of strong versus small almost in that juxtaposition. So as you think about kind of a little bit of your introduction into this, so kind of tell your story a little bit into this ways that you kind of grew up with this. And then how has that shifted for you in the small versus strong kind of flying in the face of mainstream that, that we yeah. kind of grew up with? So, um, you know, I'm in my mid thirties. Most of my clients are mid to late thirties. You know, we grew up in the nineties where, and I, we said the word in the video, like heroin chic was an actual <laughs> term, right? So like so, so bad. bad. And I hated even saying that, yeah. but like it, it, it's true. Like it was like, be as skinny as possible. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and it was the age of the Victoria's Secret model, right? Yeah. Like tall and painfully skinny. And um, I'm not very tall. And yeah. um, I'm about 5'3". I know on the internet, it's hard. It's been, like in our mentorship too, I'm always sitting yeah. there like, I wonder how tall everybody is. Well, like when I went and saw John in person, because I knew John oh was God. tall, but I'm like, holy cow. I've never had a short... Like I've never been like, oh, I'm short until I hung out with John for two weekends in a row. And I'm like, dude, John, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's a massive individual. Yeah. Or Molly. Like Molly was the first person I saw when I went to Dallas. And I was like, Molly's like six feet tall. 
and which I'm sure gives her own insecurities too. Hundred percent right? strong as anything yeah. too. But yeah, she's mm-hmm. she's not. Yeah. If you were to do that, and like one of her big things was that post that went viral was, um, like I don't have a goal to change my body, but like for her to combat that and be like, this is not my body type. Yeah, sorry, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's she's crazy. an inspiration for so many of us coaches now, but. Mm-hmm. You know, in the 90s, it was um, shrink it and pink it, right? Like everything was, yeah, that's what, that's, have you, have you heard that term or has it been a hot minute? That's, I don't know if I've ever heard that one. Shrink it, like for women, um, like if, if there's something in fitness for women, make it smaller and make it pink, right? Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) small weights, small pink weights. Like think back to the Mm nineties and it's like Mm -hmm. the small pink, like my mom had that. Mm -hmm. And my mom was a personal trainer in the nineties and Mm -hmm. it was, it was a lot of cardio. Mm -hmm. Um, It was at that point, it was non-fat everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Carbs weren't the bad guy yet. Um, It was fat free everything. And it was just about being as skinny as possible. Mm -hmm. and um as low of a number on the scale as possible and Mm -hmm. there was no talk about body composition or anything Mm -hmm. right so everybody in my family is um very tall and very blonde and like Mm -hmm. i said before like i am not i'm not blonde and i am not tall Mm -hmm. um so then there was that comparison even within the family so not just within um society but then like i don't look like any of these models but then also I don't look like the people within my family. Yeah. Um, I just tended to have a more muscular body. Um, and at that time that wasn't looked at as a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, now it's great. Like I can put on muscle pretty easy and, Mm -hmm. and that's a really good thing. But back in the nineties, like there weren't muscular women, right? Mm -hmm. We were in so many ways physically, and mentally told to be small. Yeah. Right? We were um, to be as skinny as possible, to be as quiet and as, you know, compliant as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just, I think, as adults, a lot of us are just trying to deal with these things now. And that's a lot of what I deal with in my coaching is the mental aspect is so much harder than the physical. Mm-hmm. And I posted about that the other day is you're not going to, to be able to do the physical work until you've put in that mental work of why do I feel like I have to be small? Yeah. So when you think about that piece, cause I a hundred percent that it's, I, I did an episode on this recently, but the idea of like, start start you you know the idea start with why but like you got to go deeper than just like why but like why why don't i want to be here and why what what does it look like for me to be there like not just oh i'd like to be x on the scale well that's like saying i want to go to paris like do you want to go to the airport (laughs) or do you want to sit in front of the eiffel tower and eat bread and cheese and drink wine and have a strolling bike like that's something you could taste feel experience Mm -hmm. And that's enough for you to want to save for it. Just the amb- the ambiguous idea of Paris is not enough to drive you to sacrifice to get there. And so, understanding the why of on the flip side of it, yeah, why do you why do you f- feel like you need to be there? So as you as you dive into that with clients, because I, I 
would love to dig, dig into this with you because be physically and mentally as small as possible was a bar like and, and it's heartbreaking to be mentally small as well so what what is it what did that mean to be mentally small and and how do we kind of start to think through why why as a woman or or even just a guy right like there's different okay. you know, this, we can apply this in different ways when we're thinking about being small or being a certain way, why do we feel like we have to be that way? How do we dig into that and combat that mental side of it? Yeah. So I have, um, this worksheet that I go through with my clients and, you know, nothing's as simple as a worksheet. You're not going to mm-hmm. solve all your problems in a worksheet, no. but it's, it's things that people haven't thought about. And it is, um, challenging your negative core beliefs. And we all have these negative core beliefs that, we're not aware of, um, that are typically, you know, brought about in childhood. Um, Mm -hmm. like, you know, one of mine, when we talk about feeling the need to be mentally small, um, is that I was too much, right? Because Mm -hmm. as a child, um, you know, I was told by my parents that I was bossy, right? Where my Mm -hmm. brother was assertive. Um, so interesting language is very important. Um, or I was too loud or I was outspoken. Um, so Mm -hmm. the verbiage that was chosen, um, for my personality, and I don't think my parents are ever trying to be malicious. No. Um, you start forming those negative core beliefs about yourself. Like, oh, okay, well, I'm I'm too much for people. So if I want people to like me, mm-hmm. I need to be less. Mm-hmm. I need to put I need to put myself in a smaller box so that people will accept me. Right? And then you add in the physical aspect. And it's mm-hmm. just this like heartbreaking image of literally women making themselves as small as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and quieting themselves. And it's taken a lot to undo that. And and it's been facing those negative core beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to name it before you can fix it. Mm-hmm. So some of these are like, what were you told about the scale when you were growing up? Mm-hmm. Right? And then we talk through it or typically I have them do this by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell them like, put aside a good hour and make sure it's quiet. And you're probably going to cry like this. There's going to be a lot like this is the hard mental work. This isn't surface level bullshit. Right. Mm-hmm. So then what is the negative core belief from this? Right. So if you were told as a child, um, you know, the lower the weight on the scale, the more attractive you are, um, mm-hmm. or the lower the weight on the scale, the better, mm-hmm. then maybe your negative core belief is I'm more lovable if the number yeah. on the scale is lower. Yeah. And that carries over through life. Mm-hmm. And then, so step one is we've named that negative core belief. Step mm-hmm. two is we need to challenge it, right? Is this true? Mm-hmm. Are you really more lovable? Like, do people actually love you more when 
the the number on the scale is lower. Do people actually have any idea what the number on the scale is? Yeah. Right? Like nobody knows how much I weigh. Mm. I weigh a lot more than I did before I put on muscle. Yeah. And I was a lot thinner before. <laughs> yeah. Right? Body composition matters. Um I tell people all the time, I weigh I weigh as much now as I did when I was in my worst shape. Yeah. It just looks different. And you can put two people next to each other that are the same exact height, same exact weight, and they can look completely different. Yep. And then also when you're challenging that negative core belief, whose voice are you hearing? Is that your own voice? Oh my gosh. Or is it a parent's voice? Is it a celebrity's voice? Mm -hmm. Um, It's typically not your own. And then step three is flipping that negative core belief into a positive. And so I am lovable despite the number on the scale. I am lovable no matter what my body looks like because I am not my body, right? Mm -hmm. My body matters. I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, right? Everybody wants to look good. Everybody wants to feel good. Mm -hmm. But I am not my body. So I have a series of five negative core beliefs that we go through. Um, The scale, food. What were you taught Mm -hmm. about food growing up? You know, like, because a lot of what I do is um, good food versus bad food mentality. Yeah. Uh, Because I'm a big believer in food is food. We need to stop assigning morality to food and then stop assigning morality to yourself based off of the food that you eat. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So challenging those negative core beliefs is a huge part of sustainable change. Mm -hmm. I believe that that's why people yo-yo diet is because they get the quick fix, Mm. but then they're just playing into that negative core belief of I'm more lovable when I'm thinner. Yeah. And then they gain the weight back and then they're just looking for that next quick fix to feed into that negative core belief. And I don't really think we can maintain anything until we've, we've healed that, I guess like body trauma. Yeah. This is so interesting. One, it, it, all I, all I did in that moment and and you're right. Like we all have, we're impacted by the things from our childhood and I have great parents, but those things impacted. And I'm sure the same thing with you. You know what I mean? Like, it just reminds me of the stakes of parenthood. Oh and it's like, I can't, I like almost can't think about it. Cause I'm like, I'm just like, the joke is like, you do something and you're like, that'll be something you talk about in therapy when you grow up. Like, you're welcome uh, for that. Like, I'm just I'm keeping the therapy a business. And very specific moment. I had just had my third baby. He was a COVID baby. So like yep. we weren't going to the gym. We were mm-hmm. ordering food. Like yeah. I gained 50 pounds with him. I yeah. just, I was feeling like absolute, like he was born in August of 2020. So literally mm-hmm. in the thick of COVID. Yep. And My I remember was I, April, 2020. It was yeah. just. So I remember just looking in the mirror and thinking about like how awful I looked mm-hmm. and, um, Like I was wearing shorts and I just remember thinking about how awful my legs looked and my daughter who was 
four walks up and she is looking at me, looking at myself. And I look at her and I look in the mirror and I was like, wow, my legs look so powerful. Mm -hmm. And she walks up in the mirror and she's like, yeah, my legs look so powerful too. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, in that moment was like, dude, I need to, I need to snap out of this because (laughs) they're always watching. Mm -hmm. And we're not perfect. And we have those thoughts, but it's, it's very important how I talk and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, act in front of my kids. Like, when I am in a place where I'm counting calories or counting macros Mm. for whatever reason, um, you know, it's never that, Oh, I'm doing this to lose weight or anything. It's I'm making sure I have the energy I need to lift the weights in the gym. Yep. It's making sure that I can add muscle, um, because muscle takes food and energy. So it's making sure that we're always equating food to energy. And my daughter has literally, she's seven now, looked at the back of like a bag of chips and looked at the calories. She goes, this has 300 energies. And I'm like, (laughs) you are are thermodynamically correct. Yeah, (laughs) you do. 300 energies. I love that. I mean, a calorie is a unit of energy. You are not wrong. That is about as accurate as it can get. (laughs) You know more than three quarters of the people on the internet. Um, Um, Yeah, so. Well, the the language around well, the lang- the language is is so interesting because you you said like whose voice are you hearing? Mm-hmm. Because because it's sometimes it's it's that perceived piece of it. So sometimes it's the words, right? The like I'm too much, and and like you hear that, and I, I heard you say that, and uh, I don't know. She probably wasn't the first person, but the first person I heard uh, say this was Elise Myers, who's like, if yeah, I'm too much, go find like, less, go find less. Freaking go love find that. Love. Go yes. find less. But the idea of like, no, you're not too much is is from somebody else's perspective. Correct. It's not. That's not. There's not an absolute for this. Um, just like there's not an absolute beauty standard. Now there are health standards for sure, and we can and we can dive into that down the road. But like, and and I think that we can swing the pendulum maybe a little bit too far the other direction, where you have people who like fat positive sort of thing. Ooh, I'd love to maybe, talk about that. Yeah, I would too. love to dig into that yeah. in in a little bit because I would love to hear your thoughts on it. But we go like the pendulum go, but like we hear it sometimes not even in the explicit words. But through the actions and the perceptions of other people with with so it's maybe on the scale piece, like you talked about, like you step on the scale and you probably never heard somebody be like, oh, the scale is less. Therefore, you're more beautiful. Like you probably didn't hear that, but you got you stepped on the scale at the doctor and it was like that, like, oh, you lost, you know, whatever you like, hey, your weight's good or whatever it is like it's good or bad. Right. It's it's a that sort of stuff that's just it's implied it's not explicit. And so <laughs> this is going to be sound so strange, but I think it'll, it'll articulate it. We were watching frozen two last night with the kids and such a the, good one. So good. But the <laughs> beginning at the beginning, when Christoph is going to try to propose to Anna and he's like trying to oh. talk to her and they're in the sleigh and he's like saying something and she's taking it like to the, to the total, like, wait, no, that's not at all what I meant. And it's like meant to be hyperbolic, but like the idea, mm. she's, he's, she's, he says something on the like, in he said under different circumstances, this would be pretty romantic. And she goes like, 
you mean with somebody else? You know, like yeah. she takes like she takes something that is said and she perceives it to be like the the most extreme. And it's kind of meant to like yeah. poke fun at like, I didn't say that. But well, your perception per- is your reality. Yeah. Expectations drive perception. Per- perception yeah. drives reality. And if we perceive how somebody else reacts, then that's going to tell us the story. And so we're hearing their voice, even if they didn't say it. We're like, oh, that's how they responded to me in that moment. And so I would love to kind of dig into that piece of it a little bit as the naming it and perceiving it piece of it and and how we can kind of combat that that piece of it and realizing that, like, what what have we heard that maybe we didn't actually hear? Yeah. Oh, man. There's a lot there. (laughs) (laughs) Let me take a sip of coffee. Yeah. This is two two parents who are sitting here drinking caffeine at oh. noon, just like, all right, come on, just keep it going today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh man, specifically, like, mm. I'm trying to think of maybe things that that I have heard that. So maybe. Um, weightlifting specific too. Okay. Um, yeah. Implying yeah. that I am, and again, not exactly said, mm-hmm. but implied like, oh, I'm going to look like a man. Yep. Lifting weights. Right. I lift a lot of weights. Mm-hmm. I don't look like a man. No. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I don't have the testosterone level to put no. on the muscle that um it takes to look like (laughs) um but that's what women hear right and most women don't have the the i don't i don't want to say most women most humans don't have the science background to understand what it takes to actually put on muscle right yeah so they just hear like oh if you lift weights you're gonna get really bulky right um something else that like if I didn't have the knowledge that I do, like this probably would have really dug deep is, um, so I was in a nine month bulk. No, I, I wasn't pregnant. That wasn't a joke. It, I was actually bulking. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wasn't sure that's so funny. No, I was actually bulking. <laughs> I was in an actual bulk. I was not pregnant. Um, no, I did three uh, pregnancy books. Yeah, let's just steer into it, man. Like, were not as enjoyable. <laughs> I did not have enjoyable pregnancies. No, um, I was in an actual bulk putting on muscle. I put on yeah. eight pounds, which is a lot for a That's woman, a lot. right? And now, yeah. understandably, that was not all muscle, right? No. There was some fat that came with that, which is normal during mm-hmm. a bulk. Um, and my cardiologist, um, I got on the scale, I'm not worried about it. Right. Mm-hmm. I have, I had a coach at this time. Like yep. I knew I was gold, like my measurements, my waist measurements were still great. I was feeling good. I was feeling strong. And he sat me down, my cardiologist and was like, you've put on some weight. Oh, man. Okay. Now looking at it from his side, he's yeah. a cardiologist, right? Yeah. He sees the majority of his patients are right? Like middle to upper age, white, overweight men. Yeah. Right. Who are probably there because 
yep. they're overweight and not taking care of themselves. Yeah. And I looked at him and I said to him, it's muscle. Mm-hmm. Good for you. And I said, do I look like I put on fat? And he yeah. was like, <laughs> pretty wet oh my God, this woman is asking me if she looks like, but what other, like how many no. women are going to do that? Right. No. The majority of women are going to make themselves small. Yeah. Right. They're going to shrink oh, down. Because a here's, yeah. Here's a oh, man, a man telling them that they have gained weight and defining their health by that number a man in power a man, a man of health power. who supposedly knows what they're talking about oh this is yeah. a problem that who then by the way who is supposed to know what he's talking about yeah as a as a health person <laughs> you'll love this diagnosis he gave me soup inappropriate superventricular tachycardia i was like so this means my heart's beating fast inappropriately and you don't know why and you just told me I gained weight. Like, yeah. Okay, sir. Like, I'm gonna go see someone else. <laughs> I've, I've said this before, and and I know a lot of incredible doctors, right? And I could never remove a tumor. I could never fix, uh, you know, do a quadruple bypass. But some of those, I could try, but I would be, I would, you'd probably die, right? Like, it would. I do have a suture kit in my office here. There you so. go. That sounds like something fun we should do when I come to Florida. It's just like, let's just try this. We could probably it's figure it out. actually my seven-year-old daughters. That's oh. a different story. We can get into that. <laughs> but some of the worst nutrition and fitness advice I've mm-hmm. ever heard has come out of the mouth of doctors. And they have said to me, ones that I trust, that I know, they's like, we get an hour yeah. of nutritional training during yeah. our entirety of med school. And so yeah. again, they he has from his perspective, he's like, this number generally correlates with this result, right? BMI is like I am I am technically obese by BMI. Correct. Yeah. But if yeah. you were to look at me, you would say that is not what obese is. Like. Yeah. yeah. And so, but again, from the perspective of like, if I don't know, and if, if you're a woman sitting there and you don't have that confidence and you hear that man in that context say, even if he didn't say you need to lose weight, but he just says, you've gained weight, you gain weight with that face and that expression and in implying through his tonality, this is a problem. What are you going to do? What's the response going to be? Yeah. You're too much. I'm too much. Become less. And what did I do? I became even more to him. <laughs> yeah, I freaking love that response. Just that guy just just absolutely well, needs a new pair of underpants. Well, I, I told Dre Maxwell, mm-hmm. I was like, my phrase for 2024 mm-hmm. is if you thought I was too much in 2023, <laughs> hold my beer. <laughs> because yep. in 2024, I don't care anymore. Like, yeah. If you don't like me, just unfollow me because yeah. I'm going to be yeah. too much. Yeah. <laughs> Go find less. Go find less. Like I, there was a joke from a guy who I, I've, uh, I've said this before. I, I no longer can watch sports because I can't get through a half of football without my children wanting to put on bluey or something like that. So I just can't watch sports anymore. Okay. But I, 
but bluey like bluey's fantastic like i'm not i'm not sitting here complaining so good but i can't i can't get through it and so my way of like getting a fix for sports is like i watch people talk about sports like that's my sports fix now and one of the guys came on last year and he's like my new year's resolution is because like you kind of have to be obnoxious in that field he's like my my new year's resolution is to be less humble (laughs) i was like you know what i love it like just and he was like i crushed it like i nailed it because he did he was just like i was right i was right all the time we're taught and again to be small Mm -hmm. when we're younger that like if you talk about yourself in a good light Mm -hmm. you're bragging yep now you you can be obnoxious and you can go overboard right and it's teaching your kids how how old is your oldest you said three and a half he's four four five months older than yours You'll get there. My oldest is is eleven, right? Mm. And his nickname is Well Actually, because <laughs> you'll be like, oh, during the French Revolution, and he's like, Well, actually, yeah. it's um, it, it was in the year. Uh, I'm like, Oh my god. Mm. So you know, we have to sometimes. It's like you know what you can you can present yourself in a positive light without making others feel bad about themselves. Okay? Yeah. So it's writing that line, but like. Mm-hmm. Why is it not okay to tell people we're awesome? Like, yeah. Stop putting 100%. yourself in small boxes. That's just what I want people to stop doing. Not just women, everybody. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Well, I just saw this uh, a little bit earlier today. Um, you know, big little feelings. Yeah. On social media. They have some good and some bad, but she said it in the context of it was she was telling a story. It was like, I don't know when the post was. It was from like today or yesterday, but she was talking about she was at the gym and she said, um, I forget what the like title of the thing was, but it was basically like oh, overly obedient kids become passive adults. And the idea of she was at the gym and, and she got up in between sets and somebody asked her. Like, sweet, like, are, are you done? And she said instinctively, like, yeah, I'm done. It's all yours. And she wasn't done. But it was when, and now there's a line with this, but if, if it's constantly like, no, be kind, don't do that much, right? Like, you have to share everything. Like, all, like there's some of this where it's like, no, you, you, like, we have to be able to stand up for ourselves. Like, yeah. It's not that kindness is overrated, but there's a context to this where we, we can't get pushed over because then that's become less. And and you and you you and and uh, Grazel did this post that was like, don't hide your light. And you guys both like just yeah. put fire pictures out on the internet and you're like That was not... really scary. I, I bet I was like and it was a weird thing. Yeah. I was like, I'm not gonna like this or comment on this because I just don't you know, like the context of it, like got, you know, good good for I you got guys. Private messages from my male friends that were like, because they didn't want to comment on no, it. Yeah, and they it, were like, don't take this the wrong way, yeah. please. Yeah, but I'm, but <laughs> I'm proud amazing. of you. Yeah. This was a fire post. Like yeah. you needed to yeah. do this. And like, as soon as I posted it, um, I messaged Dre and I was like, I want to delete it. She's like, do not delete that post. <laughs> I was like, I want to delete it. <laughs> yeah. And then she was like, look at the males in OTM at some mm-hmm. of their posts. They're showing more skin than you are. Why yeah. are you afraid? Yeah. And I was like, no, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I don't do it, but that's, but that's for a different reason. Yeah. Uh, but the idea is, uh, 
I, but I did it the first time I put a shirtless picture on the internet. I was like, I never wanted to do this, but I said I would do it because I, I can't ask my clients to do something that I'm not willing to do. That is like, it. why would and my for... clients put a before and after photo on my page? If mm-hmm. I don't, if in, in w- without their shirt on or in, you know, whatever, if I am not willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And for, for me too, it's, it's so many women in general, not just my clients, but specifically my clients, but also women, like they want to do boudoir shoots, right? Yeah. And they want to feel good mm-hmm. while they're doing the boudoir shoot. And they mm-hmm. feel like it's a point that you have to get to, yep. right? When really, and this is going to kind of play into the body image and yep. like the spectrum that you were talking yeah. about earlier. Um you you need to feel good where you are. There's nothing wrong with having goals, right? Yeah. So I'll let you know, like, and this is actually the first place I'm going to say this publicly. My my ultimate goal for my program um, yeah. is a year long program. Yeah. Where then at the end, um, I give my client like a mini boudoir session. Yeah, love it. So like, it's all about body positivity mm-hmm. and feeling confident. Mm-hmm. Um, enough to do that. And, you know, it doesn't have to be like, like it can be more covered up, yeah. um, but I just feel it's so empowering to be able to look at yourself that way and be like, Whoa, I look like that. Like mm-hmm. I'm amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, when Grazel and I talked about that and we talked about it with Dre and it's like, okay, well, if we're not able to talk about ourselves like that and mm-hmm. feel like that about ourselves, how could we ever coach somebody to that point? Yep. 100%. Sorry, that so, is my uh, bulldozer of an 11-year-old running through the house. That's, I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> no, but the side, the mom's side I right there was outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wasn't sure if they were in there and you were just like, just walking. No, he's uh, like running down the sta- his friends here to come get him, uh, so... That's that's so, something else you have to look forward to. You just say bye. Yeah. Well, that, you, I mean, I you actually, will, yeah, I want to look forward <laughs> to that one. That's, so let's let's dig in dig into that a little bit because I think this is yeah. an important thing because I I've said before the idea of like people oftentimes think of like the gym as an as a for instance right like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get myself in in better shape and then I'll go to the gym or I'll go do some classes or whatever it is and it's like my my parallel is like that's like trying to you fix your car before you bring it to the mechanic like it's literally why you go is (laughs) is for for them to fix like you can like you drive in and your car's making funky noises and you're like a little bit embarrassed but it's like well this is why you go like you know it's it's or like you clean your house before the housekeeper (laughs) yeah i gotta pick up my house before the cleaner comes (laughs) I do that too because I'm like I want the you know but it's like that's the point of the it. deep cleaning though it yeah, makes sense yeah yeah they're gonna do the deep cleaning <laughs> but the idea is it's come as you are and like you have to be able to embrace where you start I, mean, I posted about this yesterday it's like you have to own the starting point as hard as it is um, and and you're never gonna be like it's okay to have physical goals like it's not vain to have goals to change your body. However, like you do, like we got to thread this needle a little bit because you can't just tell yourself to love yourself if you don't. But at the yeah. same time, you do need to 
not do it because you hate yourself. So as you, as you kind of think through that spectrum, because there was nineties and even like early, like I think about, you were talking about the, like you lift weights, you're going to get bulky. I think about like Michael Scott in the episode of the, of the office where he's in his car and he's like, got the two pounds out. I'm just going for, I'm going for tone. I'm not going for size or like, I don't know if you ever did P90X (laughs) P90X. and, 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 and he always said like, eight to 10 reps is size, 12 to 15 reps is tone. And I still hear that. I still hear Tony saying that. And yeah. and that was the idea is like, you do more reps, you do lighter weight, that's tone. You do this, you're going to get bulky yeah. as if that's going to be right. So there's, there's this side well, of really it, which is you know now, like with the more recent, the most yeah. recent research, it's like, it's such a huge spectrum. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so, I mean, unless you're doing like one rep maxes of everything, yeah. right? Like no. you're going to get strength yeah. everywhere. You're, you know, it's, yeah. it all lives on the and, it, and it comes to how much are you eating? Yeah. Right. It all comes down to what right. you're eating. <laughs> so, but this was where it was for a long time was it was on yeah. this side of it become smaller. And now it's almost gone like through maybe a happy medium to the other side, which is like yeah. health at every size and like. And, and I don't want to say like body positivity to a fault, but like get a little bit dangerous in like recognizing that there, there is like, there are some absolutes in terms of health and, and you want to feel good regardless of where you're at and not hate yourself. But we, so as you think about that spectrum and body positivity and the way that you work through it, how, how do you navigate that? piece of it with you and with your clients it's so tricky and um just like everything like there's no one answer right Mm -hmm. my answer to what is body positivity is you should love yourself where you are Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. have goals for yourself to be better always always. Mm -hmm. I don't care where you are. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, I think you should always have goals to be better. Um, whether those are physical or mental, but I will say if, if your weight is, um, causing health issues, Mm -hmm. you can still love yourself and love your body. Right. But you should have goals Mm -hmm. to, lose weight to become healthier mm-hmm. and to feel better. Right. Yeah. Like I know when I had gained that 50 pounds from, you know, being pregnant with my other nine month bulk, I wasn't moving as well. No. Yeah. Then that was not muscle. No. Um, <laughs> like I was not moving as well. I was, mm-hmm injuring myself yeah. a lot um you know i just had the extra weight like my back was hurting all the time i do mm-hmm. have back injuries um anyway but um like i just didn't feel good like i was out of breath more o- more often mm-hmm. i already have autoimmune issues that you know like i said i have a cardiologist that caused some heart issues so my heart rate was was up my cholesterol, you know, at, mm. at a healthy weight is already almost 300. So imagine, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. hereditary. <laughs> yeah. No, um, it is. Yeah. 
And luckily I have a doctor who is like, look, you're fit. Like yeah. all your other blood work is good. Like the opposite of the cardiologist. The opposite <laughs> of the <laughs> inappropriate superventricular <laughs> Um But yeah, so so that being said too, being thin doesn't mean being healthy. Yes. Mm. I have been my unhealthiest at my thinnest. Mm-hmm. And do you know what everybody told me? You look great. You look great. Yep. Ugh. I have been going through a very, very hard time in my life over the last three months. Yep. I have lost almost 20 pounds. Wow. Yeah. And do you know what I keep hearing from friends? You look great. What? What are you doing? (laughs) It's called. I just. um, Yeah. What are you? Yeah. It's fucking anxiety. It's called mental. It's called mental health. Um, It's called I'm living off of coffee. Do as I say, not as I do. Yep. Um, But. And and I finally now I'm at a point where I go, hey, um, it's not helpful when you say that because I do come from and my, my friends know like and I'm very open about this. I come from a history of disordered eating. And when you say things like that, it plays into that mentality. This is going back to like what they say, the perception versus the reality, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm I'm better at this place yeah. because I'm getting compliments when I'm smaller. I, um, uh, the autoimmune disease that I was just Mm. talking about, I have thyroid disease, Mm -hmm. um, Graves disease. So hyperthyroidism. Yeah. I had it removed, um, after my third child was born because I had a thyroid storm. Um, but with Graves disease, I don't know if you're familiar, like when you go hyperthyroid, you lose a lot of weight yeah. because your metabolism is just yeah. on fire. Literally my heart rate was 200 at rest. Um, yeah. Hence the cardiologist. Um, <laughs> and, and you just feel awful. Like you feel like you can't slow down. Um, but again, like I was like maybe a hundred pounds. I felt the worst I've ever felt in my life, but just kept being told, but you look great, Ashley. Yeah. But then, you know, when I gain, when I'm at 140 and I'm strong and I'm just at the end of a bulk and, you know, my mom says something like, oh, like we're dress shopping. And she's like, oh, um, your dress size has gone up. Mm. It's like, yeah, it's gone up. Like my <laughs> dang right, I didn't work this hard. <laughs> I worked fucking hard, right? Like my my lats are like it's where like my waist is still small. It's yeah. where, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a size two isn't zipping up over these lats anymore, okay? Yeah, I right. Can't like over my dump truck of a butt now because like, I've yeah. been or like, I've been right? deadlifting. You when know. I when I call my coach and I'm like, I had to buy bigger pants, but mm-hmm. it's like they're loose in the waist, yeah. but I had to buy bigger pants for my quads and my butt, right? Yeah. Like it, so, it's, it's about where, right? Yeah. So that's what body composition fucking matters. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, Amy, who was just on, I've, I've told this story before. Like she was, she and it has a very similar story and, and she's told this story before where like she, so she comes and she does like a glute camp class with me. It's just like a mm-hmm. lower body workout, strength workout. And like the idea of this class is not to get smaller, <laughs> you know, like right. we're, we're, we're Who putting doesn't like, want a dump truck, but <laughs> I, I literally, when I was thinking about naming the class, you know, there's booty by Brett for Brett Contreras. Like mm-hmm. that, I was like, I'm going to call this dump trucks by Delzel. And I was like, maybe that's not the right branding, but like... I mean, you're talking to the wrong person. <laughs> I, I fully endorse this. You're talking was... to the OTM meme queen. Yeah. I mean, you, come on. If you have not, uh, just follow Ashley for her memes. Like nobody has, <laughs> nobody has made more or better memes than than Ashley. Um, but I apologize to my coaches. Who have to coach me. <laughs> Sorry, Shane Warren, for all of the memes that you get. Yeah, just fantastic. I'm a gif. I'm a gif person. Like I respond to people in gifs a lot. Like that's that's what I like. If I find the right gif, I'm like, yeah, that was a good. One. That was I will literally like go onto Canva super fast and I'm they're like, how did you mean that fast? I'm like, I know I'm banned from Canva, but I'm not really. Yeah, I, uh, oh, I'm very good at it. I've built the muscle. But so Ashley or I'm sorry, Amy uh, comes to this class and she was always in the like anytime, you know, I'm trying to get smaller, smaller pants, smaller size, whatever it is. And she she came in one day and she goes, I tried on a new pair of pants and they didn't fit because my butt was too big and she gave me a high five and I was like oh we've come so far like you've come so far because she was like that would normally put me into a panic and I would go on a crash diet but like the idea is it doesn't fit because my glutes are bigger because I've been trying to get stronger and like you know it's a shift in the goals and you can you can do it but I love what you said here is that because I think this is so important thin and fit are not synonyms no because you can like people lose weight for and become thin for unhealthy reasons Mm -hmm. sometimes intentionally sometimes not intentionally you get a stomach bug and you lose like 20 pounds 15 pounds because you can't eat anything you're just throwing up forever it's like it's not like that was a healthy like mentally sick mentally sick stress and anxiety and all of these things we all know the person who, you know, they like they eat, they just eat candy and they're thin. And it's just because like they don't eat like it's it's I know a mom. I know several moms who are like this, who are just like from wake up to 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 bedtime. They're just like like feeding the kids and whatever. And they'll just like have like, what did you like the joke of like, what did you eat today? Well, I had a I had an iced coffee and a half a donut. <laughs> It's like you had like four, you know what I mean? Like you had 400 calories, like you didn't eat anything today. And so, but they, they're That's been in. me for the last was, three months though, man. Like, yeah. And, and you feel like shit. Yeah. No energy. And, 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 but you also have people who are the other side of it where like, and I've told this, I told this story on a thing, but like I, there was a guy and Goodman has told a story like this, but I have a guy uh, who works out. Um, at the gym who's got stage four cancer and that dude has and now he's he's fighting and he's doing pretty well but he's got stage four cancer and he's got a little bit of a belly but like 
he's one he's cardio like he's he's cardiovascular but he's mm-hmm. healthy for this guy is like i need weight because i'm literally fighting right. my body like i i'm doing chemo you know what Fat i mean like, is energy. like i have to like he yeah. has to have this he's got to eat and and he's like it's his body's response to it like now there the, again there are these absolutes and and it's for your health and you want to feel good but it's not by the standard necessarily right. that like being thinner is necessarily being fitter. Right. Well, and I don't remember who the original quote this is from. So I apologize mm. to whoever the original quote is from, mm. but um, it was the size that you prefer to be at may not be the size that you perform the best at. What's That's more important. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, as I've lost weight over the last three months, my lifts have crashed. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. Like, I, I, I'm now, like, setting alarms to eat because I'm yeah. like, man, I feel weak as shit in the gym. Um, because you're, you know, your weight is going to affect how much you're eating, obviously. Yeah. Your caloric intake is going to affect how much. How um, many energies are you eating? Yeah, how many energies are you eating? <laughs> Um, I love, that's all I'm going to refer to it as now. Um, all right, client, you have, uh, 2,200 energies to eat. Um, (laughs) but even performance outside of the gym. So like thinking about life. So like, cause this is, I think a little bit, one of the other things I wanted to dig into for you, because it's like strong as a mother. Right. Like, again, I'm going to pick on Amy because she's on here all the time, but she's got a shirt that says that strong as a mother. And I know that's like your brand, like strong as a mother, like mom strength, like, but like performing, what does that look like as mom, as dad, as whatever, like, or Mike Boyle says this all the time. He's, uh, who's a, who's a great strength coach. He's like, clients aren't, most people aren't coming in because they want to deadlift 500 pounds. They're coming in because yeah. they want to like perform in their daily life, right? They're not yeah. professional athletes. So they want to like go through life pain-free and have energy to play with their kids. Like yeah. what does performance look like? And so having the energy and be able to perform as a mom. So as you think about strength and performance and, and all of that as mom, as parents, as woman, what does that mean and look like for you as you think about that piece of yeah. it? So strong as a mother has, has a couple different aspects to it to me. One is, you know, obviously the physical strength. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of physical that goes into being a mom, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so my 11 year old is what? 90 pounds, probably. Um, he had, uh, oral surgery and went under general anesthesia and was a freaking log in the car. Mm -hmm. Right. Nobody else was home. I drove him. Mm-hmm. I had to lift him out of the car and carry him up two flights of stairs up to his bedroom. Yeah. Right? Like, thank God I lift weights. Yeah. That's 90 pounds of not just like, you know, <laughs> like even weight on a bar. Yeah. That was 90 pounds of like <laughs> literal like floppy weight. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you saw the the reel that yeah, I did. Even Struan and I did together. Yeah, so great. Um, so great. And just how because we were we were talking about how 
yeah, why? Why are you doing certain lifts? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what is your goal? Yep. You know, like your programming is going to reflect what your goal is. Yep. And if your goal is to keep up with your kids and just live, you know, pain, I don't want to say just live pain free, because that's a huge thing in and of itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then your training should reflect that, right? Yep. You should be doing a lot of single side work. Because as a mom, yep. like, you know, having little ones, you're always yeah. like this. And um, I wrote this I like one this day. Morning. It was like being a parent is very similar to being not a parent. You just do everything with one or no arms. <laughs> like you just, you yeah. just learn to do everything with with a kid or two in your hands. <laughs> it's just well, I was you do all the same about stuff. my shoulders this morning because that's what we do as <laughs> anatomy people. Yeah. And I was like, man, why do I have so much more internal rotation on this side than this one? Mm. And I'm like, oh, because I've been like holding on this side yep. kids for 11 years, right? Mm-hmm. Like a child on this hip, like mm-hmm. my chiropractor calls it mom hip too, right? Yeah. Like it's pushed up and internally <laughs> rotated. Yep. Um, and... I'm actually working with a coach to specifically like work on my hips and my back Mm -hmm. right now because they're messed up Mm -hmm. um, from a lot of different things. But I I think, um, you know, just our day-to-day life as moms and how like, you know, before you do a deadlift at the gym, like you brace your core, you set, you Mm -hmm. like pull the slack out of the bar. Like, you, Mm -hmm. you know, you, when you lift your kid off the ground, you're not like, all right. I'm going to lift my kid off the ground now, right? Like, I'm going to brace my core. I'm going to pull the slack out of my child, right? (laughs) You know, like, it's... (laughs) I don't even know how that works. It doesn't. But, um... That's what it is. We're going to mean that. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, pull pull the slack out of my child. Who's the dude? Uh, it's like beard the best you can be. Have you seen him? Like if we if we lived life. Yes, I'm like, gonna send you a video after this of me yeah, trying to do yeah. one of his videos. Yeah, but it's the idea of like you train well to be able to do the day to day under a not controlled circumstance. Like you train under a controlled circumstance to do it in a not controlled circumstance. Like if you were an athlete, yes, right? Like I played baseball. Nobody just mm. stands there and throws you fastballs down the middle like you do in batting practice. But you train under a controlled circumstance so that when you have an uncontrolled circumstance, you're able to be as adaptable as you can be. And that's the idea. When you're holding your three-year-old in Target yep. and they see the Bluey toy and they all of a sudden like go like this, like you need to be able to... Yeah adjust right yep or like right now i'm getting back into circus arts right like i i train i haven't been able to in a decade um so my training needs to reflect that yep um why are you training right that's Mm -hmm. i think that's the biggest question and i think like you said a lot of people get caught up in the like well i want to deadlift 500 pounds and i think we've all been there no i've never thought I could deadlift 500 pounds. There's been a specific number that I'm like, that's why I'm training. But is that my life? Right. So, so strong as a mother, yes. Um, there's the physical aspect and I I do have a testimonial coming out next week with Sam 
too. It's another mm. part of that interview of just being strong. She says makes my life easier. Yeah. Right. Like she's like, when I can go to Costco and pick up that 50 pound bag of dog food, sling it over my shoulder and throw it into the cart. Right. Like I don't have to go find somebody and ask them to get it for yeah. me and then to load it in the car. And like, um, you know, she's like, I can, you know, bend down while I'm holding my three-year-old and pick up her backpack and her water bottle and this, and not have to worry about throwing out my back. And like, she's one of my favorite stories too, because she, she put up a fucking retainer wall in her backyard by herself. Just an animal. Love it. She lifted 50 bags of cement. Just right. Like a, and yeah. she's a previous runner. She had yeah. never done any strength training until yeah. she started working with me. Yep. And she still runs. She's a monster, right? Yeah. But like strength training is important because it just makes your life easier. And as a mom, who doesn't want their life to be easier? <laughs> Everything is hard. Everything right? is hard. Like if you could make one, I said, my phrase is fitness is about freedom. Like yeah. freedom to say yes to things and, and to just do do what you want to do without hesitation. Like, yeah, yeah I can lift up the bag of dog food, even if I haven't trained for it. Like, or I, somebody asked me to go for a hike. I don't train to go hiking, but like, I am confident in my fitness ability that I could go do a hike and not get buried. You know, like I could just, yeah. I could go, I can say yes to things versus saying yeah. no to things because I'm, I'm not sure right. I can do it. Like, do you want to go to the rock climbing gym? Yeah, sure. Like, I don't train for that, but I know my grip is good. I know yeah. my upper body strength is good, right? Yep. Like, am I going to kill it? Probably not, right? Yep. Like, I'm not going to be as good as the people who specifically train for that, but no. I can hold my own, yep. literally and metaphorically, right? Yep. But, um, and then the other part of strong as, um, as a mother is the mental aspect of it. Of, really um, I, you know, we I talk would, about I mental. I not have been surprised. I was like, yeah. yeah, which, which I the... love, which is so great. Yeah. I was like, I'm pumped for this. We talk about the mental load a lot yeah. of, of being a, you know, everybody has their own mental load, whether you're a parent or not, yeah. the mental load is there. And that is what you're carrying at all times. But as a mom, there are a lot of things that are on our mental plate. And for a lot of my clients, I will literally draw out their mental plate so that they can, mm -hmm. they can see, I'm be like, they, we're so hard on ourselves yeah. of it's only two workouts a week. Why can't I get it? I should be able to do yep. it. Like you feel like that, but let me show you everything else that's on your mind. Mm. Right. Um, you're homeschooling two kids, Jeez. right? You, this was one of my clients. You own a children's gymnastics gym. Yeah. Cause why not? You, you're married, which is a job in and of itself. We're not right? easy. We're not easy. I'll own it. Right? Like, um, <laughs> We're not easy. you have four kids or however many kids she had, you know, she's a couple stepchildren, which then is its own. That's its own thing. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Relationships with ex partners yeah. and whatnot. Co-parenting. Um, Co-parenting. Um, and then let's get down to the minutia of, um, did I feed the dog this morning? Did I leave my hair straightener on? When was the last time the kids went to the dentist? 
oh shit, their well child visit was supposed to be a month ago. And now I'm going to feel judged by the doctor because I'm a month late for their well child visit. And I'm going to look like a bad mom. Yep. Right? Like, oh, are they up on their vaccinations? Should I get them vaccinated? Are we doing that? Are we not doing that? What is society judging these days? Yep. Um, you know what I mean? Like all of the all minute of things of like, just uh, all of it, the homework after school. Oh, I'm supposed to sit down and help my kids do that. Like, but also run my business and yeah. like pack lunches and then get judged on what I'm packing my kids for lunch to like the judgment and the yeah. things that we're supposed to keep up with. And then I get in bed at night and you wonder if you've done enough, which is or, bullshit because yeah. you've done too much. Yep. And what did you do for yourself? I, I told you, um, you know, I'm coaching with Shane yep. and when we had our enrollment call, he asked me what I want, what, a good what do I want to do for myself? Right. Yeah. What, what is the purpose of like fixing my back, fixing my hips, becoming pain-free? What do I want to do for myself? It took me a week to answer this question. Like I was physically paralyzed mm. because one, nobody had asked me this question mm -hmm. in over a decade. And two, I had not allowed myself to think about what I wanted for fun, yep. right? Like what I really wanted to do. And it took a week of and, you know, I ask my clients this all, well, what do you do for fun? Like, mm -hmm. what, like, but it took a week to finally come back and be like, I want to get back into circus arts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because of that mental load of like, we make decisions based off of everybody else. Because yeah. we feel like that's what we should do as a mom ought to i ought to be doing yeah this the ex so i you know being strong as a mother too i think is being strong enough to really do the work of putting yourself first and not the superficial bullshit of like but i took a bubble bath and i you know things yeah, that like they are important but of like what do you really want yeah oh there's so much there it's hard uh, work it, it is well being so, human is really hard yeah <laughs> so i think about this a little bit and by a little bit i mean all the time um but the idea of, and by a little bit i mean uh, it's the only thing i think about <laughs> because um you think about what you do in a day-to-day -day, and i just talked about this uh, on, on a podcast episode but the idea of like Remember when you were in middle school and I try not to No, but like you, you have, you have a moment where you could think about like you're at a middle school dance and you were like, Oh, I'm going to, I want to dance with so-and-so and you send your friend up to them and then they come back and, mm -hmm. and the stakes of that. Right. And like mm -hmm. how, and, and you look back on it and you're like, that's, you know, a little bit silly that we, you know, that was so such a high stakes. If you dropped middle school, you or high school, you, or even five years ago, you, into your life now, they get buried. 
Like, yeah, college me would not survive. Oh no! (laughs) Right now, like he he he'd leave. Like he couldn't do it. Like and and the requirements are unbelievable, and the expectations that we place on ourselves or that are placed outside of us. So I think. I'll I'll share this uh, story because I think you'll I didn't share this uh, necessarily publicly when it happened because my wife was like yeah maybe you don't go here but I don't think that this will maybe necessarily get back to them but it was a, it was a story from from daycare and I'm okay with it now but it was a moment where it's just again this is where somebody says something and then how you perceive it and inter- internalize it so uh, my three and a half year old is you know he's he's in the stages of potty training, like he's, he's pretty good with his pee, whatever, but he, he wet himself during a nap time at daycare. He goes three days a week. He wet himself during, yeah. yeah. All right. Like he peed. And then he, so he's wet and they're trying to get in. I, I walked in and I, I see his, like his sleeping bag kind of thing in a bag outside mm-hmm. before I walk in. And so I'm like, okay, he wet himself and I walk in. And the first thing that the, that the daycare woman said to me was um, he really needs to work on his self-help skills. And I was like, okay, like, well, what happened? Tell me what happened. She's like, well, he peed and then he couldn't, he couldn't get his clothes off. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't take his clothes off and get them back on. And I'm like, I mean, have you ever tried to get out of wet jeans? Like it's not, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. He's probably a little bit traumatized because he just woke up and he's wet and he's a little uncomfortable and, and, and he's three and he's three and also, like, so she had said this two weeks prior or maybe a week prior because he had had mm-hmm. another accident and, he, and she was like, hey, he hasn't quite figured out how to put his own clothes on. And I was like, oh, we hadn't even. So this was a, a guilt thing, right? Because we have a three and a half year old and we have two year old twins. So we're just oh like, gosh. let's just keep the <laughs> tiny humans alive. Right. And so there's things where like, you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that we should be teaching him to put his clothes on and off at this point. Yeah, he's your first. And so we just, and we have, and like we've neglected to like be reading all of the books because we're focusing on keeping the tiny humans. Yeah. And so it's just some of this where it's just like, oh, okay. Like I didn't even realize that he should know how to put his clothes on and off by himself. Let's work on this. And so it had been like 10 days between Mm -hmm. that first one and this one. And we've been working on it. He'd been getting the hang of it. Like he was able to kind of do. Uh, his pants kind of by himself. If we laid him out for him, we were like, okay, here you go. Like you can kind of do it. And he was getting pretty good at it. And, and we walked in and for a second time. And she said, he needs to work on his self-help skills. And I was like, man, like, I feel like we've been doing it. And we just, we're clearly not doing it well enough. Like he's just, like, that's how it went internally was like, we're not doing it well enough. We've failed. Like all the other kids are clearly crushing this, you know, like that's the, it's the stories that we tell ourselves is like, to, to go to your point. And I was just like, and so there's the part of me that, you know, got a little bit like, all right, this is like, yeah. I was able to process it and be like, all right, this is maybe an unrealistic standard. And, and maybe that she could have said this a little differently. And, and why was he just in there by himself if he clearly couldn't figure it out? But there's also, and he's three and a half, you know, like, you know, the motor uh, skills are just not yeah. there yet. Like the yeah. fine motor skills. Yeah. But it was, but the, how I felt about it was, I'm, we're terrible parents. I came home and I told Megan, she's like, we're terrible parents. Like we're clearly not doing, like we're doing wrong by him. And like, what are we doing wrong? And all like, anytime that there's anything, it's like, we're doing it wrong because all you see is the best of others. Yeah. 
all you see is because social media is a highlight reel, right? We see the best of others. We see the bodies, right, of the Instagram models who who did a crazy cut to get shredded, wore 50 different outfits, and now they have a labyrinth of photos and videos that they just post throughout the year, and that's not how they walk around. By the way, like, most of those women have plastic surgery, which I'm not against plastic surgery, but your natural body isn't going to look like that. No. And so you, you have this this standard that you think you ought to live up to and the strongest, I love the idea of being strong as a mother because it's, we, it's, it's mentally strong to recognize like one, these standards are unrealistic, but also what does strength look like? Yeah. Like what, what would you, how would you write it up for your kids? Like what would you imagine if you could, if you could write your kid's life for them, what would you want them to be? And you would probably not say complicit, meek, follow all the rules. No. You would say confident and strong and kind, but powerful and willing to take risks. So if if those are the things that you want for them, then how do like... If that's what you want for them, what do you want for you? Yeah. Because it can feel selfish. Like you talked about, like it feels, it can feel selfish to put yourself first. But I think you and I have both said and argued, and I think it's, it's becoming a little bit more commonplace now that it's actually selfish not to take care of yourself. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you the most amazing thing happened is, um, you know, I, I got that aerial hoop out we rigged Mm -hmm. it up in the tree and i was like i'm taking time every day Mm -hmm. to do this myself safely Mm -hmm. um and it is my time Mm -hmm. and it was only for me right but what happened was my daughter saw that Mm -hmm. she came outside day two and she goes and my daughter is um she has her, she is a perfectionist mm-hmm. and um, is scared to try things if she doesn't know she's going to do them perfectly. So mm-hmm. like group sports and stuff like that yep. have been off the table. Like we've tried it just, mm-hmm. there's breakdowns, right? Because you're not going to show up day one and be awesome. Awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, she came out and she said, can I try? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, absolutely. Like yep. this girl's asking to do something. Absolutely. So I, you know, I brought the hoop down and this is not an easy thing to do. This is no. a spinning metal hoop, yeah. right? So I get more mats out and mm-hmm. I'm, she gets in there by herself and she's just unnatural. And um, she looks at me and she goes, can I take lessons? So today I signed her up for circus school absolutely my child who has never wanted to do anything like she does voice lessons privately and stuff like that that never would have happened if Mm -hmm. i hadn't decided to put myself first figured out what i wanted Mm -hmm. and gotten back into like my true passions and who knows where this is going to go for her right this might just be a a phase but it's a step in putting herself out there. Yeah. Even if, you know, she doesn't become a Cirque du Soleil performer. Yeah. Um, it's a step in trying something. Yeah. And that's huge. It's a step in, you know, moving away from 
I have to be perfect. Like she's asked to show up to a class where she's going to be the new person and not know what to do. And like, that's enormous. So they're always watching. I love that. Because not not only does it, it shows like you, you doing something that matters to you, prioritizing yourself, but also trying something that's uncomfortable to some degree and hard and like being willing to like, Hey, like she probably saw you fall once. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she was like, Oh, and okay, I'm like, like covered in bruises and, right now. Yeah. And like, yeah. yeah. And so it becomes a safe place that failure isn't failure. Yeah. That it's part of it. And, and you, but like, especially if perfection, because I think maybe this is a good place to, to, to wrap up here because when we think about trying to do any of this, right. Perfection becomes very, especially when you think about strongest mother, everything on your plate, right. I ought to be able to do it this way. Right. Like if there were 2,900 hours in a day and I had endless energy, I could do all of this. But I like I posted a video two days ago of like I, I got a thing for my mother-in-law. It was a like a coaster and it was a joke that was like, I'm going to butcher it. But I, I think it said, uh, I don't always have time to do long. I don't always have time to fold laundry. But when I do, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I and I laughed about it. And then I walked into our laundry room and I have five full baskets of laundry and a full dryer. of. It's all clean laundry, but I just can't bring myself to fold it. Right. And so it's this idea of like. Why are we folding it? Is the question. <laughs> well, it's mostly because I don't know where to put it. Like I can't put it anywhere. Yeah. But you're, but you're, you're, but it's absolutely that. Where like that's an example of a situation where you walk in and you feel like a failure. Like a good mom would get this together, or you find somebody on social media who's like, between five a.m. and ten a.m., I've done six loads of laundry and made muffins and like you know brought my kids to whatever and we did lessons and I'm like. I, you know, and you get people on there who are like, this is unrealistic. And you're like, all right, you don't need to go on the internet to call other people's lives unrealistic, but it might feel unrealistic. And so the standard can feel impossible that we have to do it perfectly. And when we show our, our kids, like the, I love going back to what you said earlier, like you're looking in the mirror and you're like, oh, my legs look so powerful, right? This idea of like the way that we frame this for our, our kids is also how we ought to frame it for ourselves. Yeah. Which is we do not need to be perfect. We just try, try again, like the Daniel Tiger phrase, right? We try, try again <laughs> when we can't, because the idea that we're going to do it perfectly. And if we can't, then we don't do it. That's just with a, with, if we're trying to lose fat, right? Like the idea that we're going to f- perfectly adhere to our diet or our workout plan or our steps or whatever, like we're going to do this flawlessly. And then if we can't, then we don't. That's what keeps us like has kept your daughter from doing anything. And when, yeah. when you make failure a normal part of the process and realize that it's not actually failure, it's just part of the process of success that it gives them the you the freedom and them the freedom because i think so many parents like all we think about is like all right like we talked about earlier like the stakes of parenting are so high like with how you know a lot of stuff comes from our childhood we're just constantly thinking about like how do we do this well for our kids yeah i think a lot of this is making it safe for them to see that it's safe to 
try and fail, but that oh, yeah. the positive power of, of continuing to fall forward. I, I feel like my job as a parent is to allow my children to fail safely, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're going to fall down the stairs mm -hmm. and I've watched my kids fall down the stairs yep. and it sucks. Yeah. Right. That's, that's not fun. But they had to. Yeah. Because that's how they learned to go up the stairs. <laughs> yeah. And you have to learn how to fail safely. Like my clients have to learn how to bail out of a squat. Right. Yep. Like you have to learn how to safely bail. <laughs> that's how you learn how to do anything. Same with the hoop, like any position that you learn how to do in a circus performance, you have to know how to safely bail out of it. Mm -hmm. Right. That's life. And being strong as a mother is not being perfect. Right. It's, it's being happy in your life and knowing that you're not going to be perfect and being okay with that. Perfection's Being a prison. A, perfection is a prison. And and it's taken a long time to to get out of that prison for me. I think it's a constant journey to yeah. get out of the prison of perfection because we want to. But when we start to look at failure is where we know that we're pushing ourselves to get better. Like if you never fail at anything, you've never done anything. Yeah. If you're not uncomfortable, you're probably not making progress. Yeah. The phrase that I tell, and, and this is where I think it's helpful to have somebody in your corner. Cause the phrase that I always tell my kids is like, you can like that when they want to try something, like, you can try it. I'm here. If you need me, like, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to overstep this, but like, give it a try. Like, you're, you're here to do it safely, but I believe in you like, try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But and you'll like, be judged by other parents yeah, for doing that because there's a lot of helicopter parents, but mm -hmm. we're very much a, like, let's fight swords and throw axes family. And you know what? That's fine. That's not for other people. <laughs> because it's the idea of becoming anti-fragile. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not easily broken mentally, yep. physically, emotionally by life because life is not designed, you know, life is not an easy thing as we all experience. And moms are not fragile. Nope. No. And you're not fragile. Like, I think that's yeah. the biggest thing is like when I, with all the moms that I work with, I'm like, you hold up a mirror and you're like, when you do this, when you like, look at all that's on the, look at all that you've done. Like you're not fragile. You're not in case, like you are more capable than maybe we realize that we think that, you know, that we are. And it's just like, let's just, let's steer into this, like own your yeah. power. You know, that was, that was the most cliche thing I think I've ever said, but the, but it's, but it's a little bit true of like, recognize that you are capable of doing <laughs> so much you built a freaking human inside your body like, <laughs> can we talk about that for a second you and then somehow got it out you got it it was painful whichever way you got it out yeah <laughs> and then they just handed it to you and said good luck 
Keep it alive. Keep it alive. That's the most terrifying feeling of all time is going home with that first. And you're like, wait a second. We did that in COVID and nobody could come see us. Yeah. It was the most terrifying. And I was young. Yeah. I was 22. Like when I had my baby. So like (laughs) not married, 22. Here's your baby. Okay. I don't know. How I just we graduated have, college. Like we have to what? go through six months of driver's ed to drive a car, but you just like get two days at the hospital with the, and they're like, all right, keep the. Keep I was the like, wait, can alive. I stay here longer? Yeah, can, <laughs> I, can I move in? Can one of you move in with me? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. No, and and I think to finish with the body positivity side of things, right? Yeah. Your body made a literal human, either pushed it out or got it cut out of you. Yeah. Let's not. I did both. Yeah. <laughs> Megan, Megan did both as well. She did one and, yeah. then, and then the other. Um, let's not make the standard for success how quickly you make it look like your body didn't do that. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Like, that is a way more impressive physical feat than... You have enough pressure on yourself right after you have a baby than what you freaking look like. Yeah. Yep. You're not sleeping. Nope. Sometimes you're the only source of food. Sometimes you're the only source of food, and sometimes you can't provide food. Yep. Nope. That's a... Because I've been both as well with that. Yep. You know, I've been the sole yeah. breastfeeder, and I've been the one who was not able to produce, and that is then. That's a. You know. Yeah. That's its own podcast of postpartum depression and like yep. all of that stuff. But um, yeah, don't be so hard on yourself, man. No. <laughs> and once you're postpartum, you're always postpartum. Molly Galbraith says that. Yeah, you know, like, you. That doesn't yeah. mean you can't look freaking amazing. No, but your body is different. Yep. Treat it differently. Train it differently. And be strong as a mother. Yep. Thank you so much, Ash, for coming on and and for all of this. I loved loved this. Hope everybody listening did. Um, we'll give you an opportunity here. Anything uh, you know, you want? Where can people find you? Anything you want to plug? Anything like that? Um, we'll link everything. Yeah, my down. my Instagram. Yeah, you can link that, and then my Facebook. I have my free Facebook group. Yep. Level up, leaner, and stronger. Um, I have fun. Uh, free fitness challenges. We did a zombie apocalypse one there. That was super fun. So if you're into weird <laughs> fitness challenges, join my group. I'm sure she throws <laughs> memes in there all the time too. And, uh, and you so, many memes. so many memes. Um, but yeah, just really appreciate Ashley coming on and uh, yeah, definitely check her out. I'll link her, um, you know, her Instagram and uh, her group in the show notes for you to do that. If you're, listening uh i this is the first time i'm ever going to say this i think uh if you're listening please feel free to subscribe would love that uh if you're watching on youtube you can subscribe (laughs) there too if you have questions for me or ashley feel free to um you know reach out to either one of us on on social media or comment on the on the youtube post and we can we can dig into some more stuff there um and if you want to connect with us more if you liked this uh let us know and we'll do stuff because i loved having this conversation this was great. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. Of course. And we'll talk to you next time. Sounds good.